Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1973's The Exorcist, directed by William Friedkin and starring Ellen Burstyn and Linda Blair. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, it wasn't anything that was as good as The Exorcist, but it was still pretty entertaining. It's called Stone Cold from 1991. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Starring The Boz. Uh, Brian Bosworth, I had watched his 30 for 30 on ESPN, and they mentioned it, and I was like, God, you know, I haven't seen Stone Cold in quite a while. I wonder if it's streaming anywhere. It was. Yeah. And it's a really fun movie with him and Lance Henriksen and William Forsyth, where uh, he infiltrates a biker gang as an undercover cop. And dude, some of the stunt work in this movie and some of just the, the insanity that goes on in, in action movies from around that time, like, it'll, I mean, it's, it's dude amazing it's actually really really fun that's awesome yes i I think i have the dvd of that and i've never seen it oh you've got the dvd i think i picked it up somewhere holy crap that's a hell of a souvenir actually after this let's take a look okay (laughs) awesome man where was it streaming on pluto pluto okay Mm -hmm. i figured it was something like that (laughs) yes well something something low rent you know yeah um i watched a film called I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Mm, I don't yes. know if you've heard of this. Yes, it's I have. It's a Melanie Linsky film. Yes. Um, she's the main character, and it's a dark comedy, kind of, uh, and it gets pretty serious and brutal near the end, oh, like, yeah. unexpectedly so, And you know, but it was good. Um, it also has Elijah Wood in it. Uh, her house gets robbed, and her neighbor is this metalhead guy who overreacts to everything, who's Elijah Wood, and it's really funny to see him do this. Because he's just, he, he overreacts inappropriately at everything. And one he reminds me of Dwight Schrute from The Office. Oh, like, wow. He has nunchuck skills, and he just wants to, like, <laughs> okay. roundhouse people. <laughs> sure. And, like, is inappropriate. Uh, but it's really, like, Melanie Linsky's the star. And he get she gets <laughs> Elijah Wood to come along with her to try to find the stuff that got stolen from her house. Mm. And they track down the people. And it just kind of spirals out of control, you know? Right. Ultimately, it's kind of about finding purpose and how badly people will treat each other and finding a reason to go on, that kind of thing. Okay. But yeah, it it can be a a rough watch near the end. Right. So uh, if you like dark comedies that go pretty far, you might like this one. The title, did you say, I can't live at home? I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Okay. Um, Did they use the song like... uh, Yes. Okay, they do. Yeah, they use that song. Cool. I think it's the end credits. I got you. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where that comes from. But yeah. Now let's get into The Exorcist, Dave. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Uh, Sure, okay. Uh, So obviously, everybody, this is a very famous film that pretty much everyone in the world knows about. And you're told when you're young that this is the movie in which a young girl is possessed by a demon, and it's disgusting and satanic. And that's true. But uh, what they didn't tell you is that it's also um, a meditation on spirituality and how difficult faith in God can be. Um, When it was released, it was a cultural phenomenon um, and it still is Uh, and at the time people were lining up for hours outside movie theaters waiting to see it uh, which is really weird when you consider how this movie really takes its time I mean it's not it's not Star Wars oh yeah Uh, but people were still doing this they were waiting for for like when I say hours I mean like you would uh, you would show up at 12 for the 6 p.m. showing you know right and you'd wait for people to see the movie three other times before you actually got in to see it yep Um, and so let's get into it yeah it was also kind of a, a pioneer, too, in a way, yes. like as far as like how far can you push visuals and subject matter and language and themes and everything in movies. There's stuff in this movie that is still shocking 50 years later. 
Yeah. You know, and if you consider like what it must have been like in 1973, like you said, the pioneering aspect of it, I mean, nobody was ready for it. And I mean, I understand why audiences were, were fainting in the aisles and all that stuff, because yeah. I mean, like they, they had never seen anything like this before. Yeah. I mean, it, you said it, it was a phenomenon, but it also was kind of, it was chastised. It oh, was boycotted. It was, yes, people hated it. It, a lot of protests came from, you know, like it's it's expo- it's uh, exhibition. I mean, like, you know, uh, a lot of religious people found it highly offensive. Um, and, you know, in most cases, whenever religious groups get upset about the uh, about a, a film or a book or whatever, I'm I'm always on the side of the artist and I'm, I'm still on the side of the artist here. But like, oh, man, I, I if, if a really religious person says that the exorcist is trash, I'm kind of like, well. You have your right to say that. I mean, yeah, you I, the, do. You know, look, uh, this is not for everybody. I want to know: Have you seen it, though? That that's like, that's what I want to know. That's totally fair. Exactly. Yeah. Have you seen it, and have you really thought about it too? Because I mean, like this film and the book it's based on posits that God exists. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people would say, and this is probably the these like armchair people out there who haven't seen it, just saying. It, it glorifies the devil, right? You know, no, it doesn't. Not one bit. I mean, <laughs> I don't think there's. I don't think you can say anything in this movie glorifies Satan. I don't think so. It's presented it's presented as the devil and his minion Pazuzu is pure evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing about him that's redeeming. Not at all. Um, no. So yeah, that 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 argument doesn't hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I always find it fascinating when people. Just say shit like that. I know. It's like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> you think this movie glorifies the devil? And I mean, I if if anyone ever said that to me, like, just in in, I mean, I don't know what I I'd probably start like just flailing. I wouldn't be able to even make a good argument because I'd be kind of so outraged that they would yeah, say something like, like that. Really, you're that dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess let's kick it off. I mean, yeah, William Friedkin. Everybody, we've we've all heard the news, which is why we chose this. He has passed away yes. recently, and. What an artist, uh, visionary, pioneer. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, not only this movie, but many others. A very complicated guy yeah. um, who, like, you know, he did a lot of bad things. Like, as yeah. far as just, he, yeah. was, a, he was not a, a great guy, but later in life, he became this elder statesman um, because he was just, you know, a great interview. And yeah. he had so many, he had made so many excellent films. This one, like we said, was kind of the most famous. Um, but like he had, he was just coming off the, his Oscar for the French Connection before yeah. he made this. And he would go on to do like films, um, not just in the 70s, but like, you know, up until the, the his passing. I mean, he was making great stuff. Yeah, he put out some great stuff even in the aughts. Like, I mean, Killer Joe Killer came Joe. out and yeah. Bug. Yes. And man, he just kept them coming. Right. And like, if you want to talk about film history... This guy is up there with the best of them. Absolutely. Like, you watch him talking about films, not even his own. He is awesome. I know. He's a wealth of knowledge. Um, um, it, yes. I, I, I saw so many, like, um, not not so many, but I, I've seen several documentaries where he participated. And, like, his his parts of it are always entertaining. Yeah. Um, and if you really want to see something just, just about him, watch Friedkin Uncut. Um, it's streaming right now on Night Flight, everybody. Pay four ninety nine a month and get yourself some Night Flight. Night Flight? Yes. What the? Okay, there's too many <laughs> streaming services, are, everybody. Exactly. Come on. Yes. Damn. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the film, yes. right? So the, the opening is in the desert in Iraq, right? Right. And we have uh, Father Maris. Marin. Mar- Marin. I combined the two. You did. Yes. <laughs> Marin. <laughs> out in the desert and he is 
you know, digging up ruins and stuff, and he's finding, like, artifacts and things like that. Right. Yeah. And it's Max von Sydow's character, um, who we're introduced to, like, er, obviously, you, you, you start at northern Iraq around Mosul, um, and this is after we, we had the, the really stark um, opening credit sequence um, with the, the, the red font against the black. Yes. Um, that's just, just really inviting for me. I don't know why. I love it. Yeah. Um, and the, this sequence in Iraq, uh, of the archeological dig, you know, if, if you come into this totally cold, um, as you would have in 1973, there's nothing about this guy that tells you he's a priest yet. Like, and it's, it's about a 10 minute sequence that, that where there's not very much dialogue, mm-hmm. at least in the first little bit of it, it's just watching people, you know, do this, uh, do this project where they're, they're uncovering artifacts. Yep. Um, and archeology span it interests everyone because it's kind of just everything, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the study of stuff essentially, yeah. you know? And when, um, he finds this really well-preserved demon statue, um, like the, at least the head of it, it's a small version of it. Mm-hmm. There's obviously like when you find out his history and what he is, he's a priest. I mean, like this disturbs him mm-hmm. and the circumstances surrounding it, he's concerned and everything. And then he, he encounters that, that large statue of Pazuzu. Yeah. Uh, and the dogs start fighting around him yep um and you know macabre instant you know uh w- weird stuff starts going yeah down. and the visual is wonderful too because it's up on this like ridge on this like uh ancient temple or something right. and he's standing there in the foreground and the statues towering over him yes uh kind of in the distance a little bit but it, it's like a two shot of the statue and Marin, and the the sky is behind him i know and it just looks like it's so wondrous, almost. I know. It's and it feels dangerous because it's 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 shot like you said the, the the two shot there of the two of them like confronting each other. Yeah. Him and this statue. I mean, he's looking up at it, but he's like, it's almost like they're both on top of a mountain about to fight. Yeah. It's it's foreboding for yeah. sure. And then the dogs barking and fighting each other while they're showing this image, and Max von Sydow looks uh, scared right. while he's looking at this statue. Right. Because he had found the, the the little demon head, and now here he is, like with the specter of of the life size Pazuzu, and we, when we see Max von Sydow, he's he's made up to look like an old man. Yeah. Um. And I didn't realize until recently that that this was makeup. You know. Me neither. I I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I thought he was just you know like okay, it was the seventies, and so <laughs> when you're forty five years old, you look like you're sixty five. Um. Yeah. But no, that wasn't the case. Dick Smith had to make him up for four hours every it's day to make funny him look like this because. When I just watched it this time, I was like, wait a minute. Wasn't he that old? Like, <laughs> when he did Force Awakens, yes. like, five yes. years ago? Yes. <laughs> wait a minute. I know. <laughs> he, I just thought he was that old for 50 years, you it know? It seems like he's been ancient his whole life, but no, it, this was, like, special makeup was made right, for he, him. Maybe he made a deal with the devil, <laughs> you know? He beat him at chess and... Yes. You know, dude, that, he got the fuzzy end of that deal, man. Yeah, it's like the, the devil's like, oh, you'll live forever, but you're going to be old as hell. <laughs> right. You're not going to look like Brad Pitt for all eternity. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Reverse vampire. Max von Sydow. Oh, dude. That sounds awesome. Yes. That'd be a good movie. <laughs> so the movie. <laughs> <laughs> now we get into like the movie movie, right? right? Like we go to Georgetown by, yeah. in D.C. And this is. Where we meet the main characters. Yes, Chris McNeil, played by uh, Ellen Burstyn, the great Ellen Burstyn. Yes. Um, she is a movie star um, who is like shooting a movie in D- the D.C. area. And uh, she's temporarily living there with her daughter, Reagan. 
and her like household, which has mm-hmm. like her assistant Sharon and then uh, the, her two like uh, uh, her butler essentially yeah. and housekeeper, well, Vili and uh, Carl. And um, like she, when we see her first, I think when we when we first see Chris, is she on the set? Is that where we first meet her? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she comes out of her trailer, and uh, the director Burke Demings. Yeah. Um, she has like a kind of a. Not a confrontation, but she wants to talk to him. Yeah, about she's something. like the script. I, I don't have any motivation. I, there's no reason why I'm doing this. Yes. Like, what's going on? The director's just like fucking, just say the lines, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's doing this big scene. It's kind of like a protest right. scene. And in the crowd, you see Karis. See, I didn't combine them this time. There you go, Father Karis. Yes. And uh, he's watching the watching the shoot. Mm-hmm. And you know, I th- I find it so fascinating. He's He's this priest, but he's also a movie buff. Yeah. Which is really cool. <laughs> and, and dude, okay, I'm glad you brought this up because, like, when I was younger, my understanding of the life of a Catholic priest was informed by this and other films from the 1970s. Um, yeah. I, in my mind, priests were always hard drinking, like chain smoking city dwellers who really enjoyed talking cinema. Yeah. <laughs> um, or they were like coaching the basketball team and they were like a really valued member of the community that everyone looked up to. Uh-huh. Um, and I think some of this perception was rooted in reality, but of course, all the, in the last right, 50 yeah. years, all the sexual misconduct uncovered has made this kind of portrayal impossible now. Yeah. Because there's this moment where like, like, it's great when you see him like he's amongst the other fans who are like behind the barricades yeah. and there's that great like just it's just a, a a real quick shot of like Jason Miller um really amused by some, by what just happened yeah. and he has this big smile that you oh, never yeah. see again right i mean it's it's like the first thing you see of father Karras is this just beatific grin that he's got and then that's just gone you know, from the for the rest of the film. Yeah, that's true. I never even thought about that. He mm-hmm. never smiles. He's never happy. He is dour again. forever, right? Until for the rest of his life. You I know? mean, dude, because <laughs> at one point, like uh, Chris walks by the the mon- the the, uh, the the Jesuit uh, yeah the hall, and you know she sees him there, and she asks her other friend, Father Dyer. You know, like, hey, who's that 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 priest with the black hair who's very intense looking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was and just he knows cr- exactly. Who he she's knows. About. He knows it's Damian Karras. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude. Um, and I love there's a shot where he's walking away from it. Like, yep. it just is a, that 70s zoom, you oh, know, man. Just all the way over the set and through the background, like onto a guy walking 100 feet away, because that's what the technology let you do. And yes. it was really cool. Yes. It's awesome zoom. I love it. This is why I'm always going on and on about, you know, American cinema in the 70s, because mm-hmm. it, it just it, it just fits you so well. I mean, it, it's such a it is cinema to me. Like, it's it's how movies should be made, and th- there's stuff about the, these these ideas and these techniques that are dated. But like what you just described, I mean, like that should just be standard. We should when, have that movie. When I see that zoom, I think 1970s. I know Ty West does it all the time, yes, and, he does. and that's how he gets that feeling because know. he knows how to make it look like that. When you watch House of the Devil, the, the reason it hits you so hard is because it, it it feels it's not it's not fake retro. It's like they just used those techniques and they right. used film and it, that's why it looks like it does. Yep. So yeah, he's walking away and he goes to see his mom. Right. Right. And she's injured. She's, she needs to go into a hospital, like a, a home yeah. to be taken care of, but she refuses. Right. Um, and he, there's a scene when he's in the subway cause he's in DC, but he, she lives in New York city. Yep. So he's, I guess he takes the subway back there or whatever. And there's a homeless guy who asks him to help an old, old altar boy out, give him some money. Right. Right. And he just kind of looks at him like, 
not really disgusted, but like, well, I, I think, I oh, think no. he is a little bit disgusted. Um, yeah. A little bit. And I think that's what drives his, his motivation is because like he has that crisis. He, he tells his friend, his other colleague priest, yeah, that, that he's having yeah. a crisis of faith. Yeah. And when you have a crisis of faith, one of the, uh, I, I guess something that breaks down inside of you is your ability to be empathetic. That's true because you know? Jesus wouldn't have that reaction to this man. Absolutely not. At all. That, that, <laughs> he would definitely help him. Exactly. The opposite of what Christ does <laughs> yeah. is, is what is what he, Damien, Damien Karras does in that moment. Yes. Oh, good point. Good mm. point. Yes. So that comes into play later because right. he's questioning his, questioning his faith, faith throughout the whole movie. And that's one of the main themes here, like... How hard it is to keep your faith. Right. Because in the face of like, you know, whether it's a, a demonically possessed young girl or just the everyday, uh, yeah. the, the stuff that we, we see every day. I mean, like it's, it's hard to, to maintain, like it's hard to, to, um, I guess have faith in a God because it's like, how could they let this happen? Yeah. And there's a deleted scene that's in the director's cut, which is the version I watched everybody. And it's when they're doing the exorcism. Uh, the the two priests are talking like why this girl like why would they do this right and it just puts like a bullet point on like the whole movie you know yes and that's why they took it out originally from the original cut because you know kind of is beating you on the head it's too on the nose but I mean as we all know a lot of people kind of need that explanation yeah and you know what fine fine <laughs> if you need to be hand fed then go for it but, exactly <laughs> yeah it doesn't ruin the movie to take this scene out no. <laughs> No, um, and you know, it, it's weird too with with Karis's mother. It was like a, a reference point for me from when I was a kid until adulthood, which was like the public madhouse. You oh know? my god! Yeah, this it's, Kitty Cup Follies bullshit. Yes, good lord! Man. I mean, like the the place that she, the facility that they put her in, because it's like at one point, like uh, his uh, his uncle, uh, his mom's brother, yeah. is is like you know telling him you know well here, I had to put her in this place because you know that's all we can afford and you you walk in there and it's exactly what you're picturing it's like in Twelve Monkeys it's, you know uh, yeah. the, uh, subway tile and like you know uh, uh, the the big orderlies who are you know like uh, crushing people and everything yeah. and nurse ratchets exactly <laughs> everywhere yes, <laughs> yes. Just, and it's yeah. it's a mad how you know it's it's yeah. that thing where everybody's just a, a really hellish place yeah yeah and, um mm. you know and honestly. I, I know that these places exist and they definitely did in the 70s but man yeah. it just it made me think that like it made me terrified of ever losing my mind because yeah. it was like that's where I'm exactly. going exactly you know that's where you're going yep Geraldo's not gonna save you exactly exactly um yeah and and his his uncle is blaming him too right like hey because Father Karras has like psychology training and yeah. all like he went through med school yeah the church put him through it which I find interesting yeah. that they, they wanted someone like this. Mm. Uh, they're expanding their horizons, you know, yeah. because he says even, you know, 500 years ago they did exorcisms because we didn't know about psychological issues. Yes. Now we do. Yes. <laughs> um, but th his uncle's like, yeah, if if you would have used that to become a psychiatrist, we would have had money and we wouldn't have to do this bullshit. It's your fault. That your mom would so... be so much better that is if so... you wouldn't have just remained a priest. What a shit. Yeah. Yeah. What a <laughs> shit, man. I mean, that is just like the, this whole thing is your fault because you didn't you didn't take the money. That, yeah. I mean, like and I know that there's plenty of people who go to med school probably <laughs> to become rich, you know, yes, um, yes. which which really sucks. I mean, but yeah, he took an oath. He took two oaths. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's devoted himself to the Lord Jesus Christ. And also like that he is, he's took the Hippocratic yes, oath. He's yes. going to be a doctor and he is living 
like two solemn vows every day of his life. And this guy can't, you know, wow, that yep, sucks. Yep. And and he has to combine this thing that is like oil and water I know. most times. Exactly. Faith and science. In conflict with each other <laughs> yeah. since time immemorial. And he has to figure it out. Yeah. Wow. No wonder he's having a rough day. Exactly. Come and on. no wonder he looks like Jason Miller, you know, with just crags. Jason and- <laughs> Miller <laughs> what a kills face. it in this, man. He got an Oscar nomination. Yeah. I mean, he is awesome and he was kind of unknown at the time yeah i mean like he would he had been a stage actor uh his whole life and he had just won i I don't know if it was a pulitzer but he he was like very um he was very acclaimed for his his play that championship season which okay uh uh, william friedkin that was where he first saw him because he was he wrote it and he was starting it in on broadway oh and jason miller has um he definitely has like just that 70s look about him oh yeah it's it's just so perfect and his face registering on film is just like it's visual language it's like that's what people look like and this is awesome you know and the cigarettes help a lot too, man man. dude i mean like the interiors with the wood paneling and the cigarettes (laughs) i mean like that bar that him and his him and his fellow priests go to yeah it's like it just looks like someplace There's you want to go. There's two priests just having some Bud Lights, you know? Dude, I'm telling you, I, I it's just... <laughs> He's yeah. bumming a smoke off Chris. I mean... It's like, what? Father, do you have a cigarette? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, of course <laughs> I do. I'm a priest. Of course, it's the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you need any shag carpet? Yeah. Dude, I know, man. You need some orange formica or some butternut? Yeah, I've got it. <laughs> the setting is wonderful. Yes. I mean, and it's of its time, but it, it suits it. <laughs> right. Definitely. Um, so we also meet um, Reagan, yep. the, the girl played by Linda Blair. Right. And she, everybody is the one who gets possessed. I'm sure you know this. Yeah. She's very um, famous. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, this was the biggest role of her lifetime. Yes. And she's in DC with her mom. She, I believe she travels with her mom a lot yeah. for these movie jobs and things. They were planning to go to Europe later, stuff like that. Um, and it seems like she has a very solitary life. You know, she doesn't get out with other kids much. It seems like. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she's at home and kind of on her own with the caretakers and stuff. Right. And, she and her mother have, it seems like a very loving relationship, you know? Like, yes. when we first meet her, she want, she's asking her mom for a horse and stuff, you know, <laughs> pony, all this crap. And uh, they start joking around, and it, it really sets up, you know, they have a strong bond. I know. And they care for each other a lot. When she steals the cookie and, the, like, like yeah. playfully chase each other through the house, I mean, like, it's it's all very sweet and loving. And the reason you set this up is because we, we need to know that this is the relationship they have. This is, like, they are very close. They are very, you know, like, definitely, I mean, they are each other's world. They are. So what happens after that is even more tragic because of it. Exactly. Now, one thing, uh, my wife watched the movie with me, and uh, she brought up something interesting. Um, it was during the, uh, the when she's, like, tucking Regan in, Chris. Yeah. And Regan says something to her about, like, uh, a relationship with Burke Demings. Um, yeah. She's like, is he going to be starting to come over? Is he gonna, she's essentially saying, are you going to marry this man? Yeah. And uh, my wife rightly pointed out that is rather insulting to Chris because the guy who plays Burke Demings, I did not see him as a potential mate for Chris. He's uh, a little twerp. Me neither. Um, he is obviously like uh, a drunk. Um, he makes scenes He's at an parties. Asshole. He's a total bastard. And like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think Chris can get someone better than this dude. And I don't. I don't feel like they had a relationship. Do you? No, I don't. I think it's just this. It's the way chi- children think like this. They're right. like, okay. 
daddy's not in the picture, right? Yeah. Mommy is hanging out with this other man. I know they work together, but they they see each other outside of work. He's always around. Yeah. Are you going to marry him? It's such a childish viewpoint of the world. Yeah, exactly. Like on the on the set, we saw them, hu- you know, like like they have a, a yeah. real a real good relationship. So they're hugging all the time. And yeah, a kid would look at that and go, oh, that's going to be my new father. You know? Yeah, but I can't see dude, <laughs> Ellen no. Burstyn get no, with this guy, dude. Exactly. <laughs> and it was just so like, it was after the movie was over, she just like immediately turned to me and goes, okay, I got something I got to tell you. <laughs> something she had to get off her chest. And it was like, this guy, no fucking way, you know? <laughs> yeah, and uh, we we find out she's been playing with the Ouija board. Yeah, you know? with Captain Howdy. With Captain Howdy, man. Jesus, red, red flag, motherfucker. I know, my what God. The hell? All I thought about was the, the Tony, the little boy who lives inside my mouth. Yes. Wow. Uh, But yeah. And the Ouija board kind of moves on its own. Yeah. And Chris thinks that Regan's like messing with her, you know. You don't get really into a lot of stuff here, but it sets up this tone like, okay, something weird is happening because she obviously didn't move that planchette. Dude, listen, (laughs) if you're with your child and a special effect occurs... (laughs) Like, yes. wouldn't you be suspicious that something... Yeah, if CGI starts happening exactly, in front of you. Exactly, right. You, you wouldn't... I mean, she dismisses <laughs> it outright way too easily. And she's talking about Captain Howdy. I mean, good Lord, there's red flags I'd all over the place. I'd shit my pants Absolutely. as soon as she said that. Absolutely. Yes. Who? Pardon me, Captain <laughs> Howdy? I mean, you're in this house alone all day, you're making people up like this, and that's their name, and... Oh, fuck, man. And not to mention, there's weird sounds in the attic now. Oh. I mean, <laughs> you got to go somewhere else, man. Yeah. I mean, right, you're in the basement. You're in the attic. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> and you're a rich movie star. I know that this is a great like like manse in in Georgetown and everybody wants to live there. Yeah. But like, I mean, you could stay at the wall. You could stay like, you know, at the Watergate. Dude, just, I'd just, put up with a few ghosts to live in this house, man. <laughs> well, this is a fucking nice house. Dude, it's an awesome house. I will grant you that. <laughs> that kitchen is amazing. Um, But like. I'll take ghosts, maybe not devils. That's, I'll, I'll do that. Okay. If it's a, <laughs> I guess if it's a, a friendly ghost, maybe, maybe <laughs> Casper that's is yeah, there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if Devin Sawa in his yes. ghost form was there, I'd hang with him. I'll take some idle hands. Yeah. yeah bring uh, me yeah, Seth there Green. You go, yeah. Yes. I'll, I don't want a Seth Green though. No. I, I don't like him. Okay. <laughs> I'm a fan of Seth Green, so I, I, I'm, I can hang out. He looks like my ex-wife's ex-husband so i'm good oh, wow okay well you have a personal in he's, he's a yeah. double x i got it's you right. twice removed it's i can't stand that face i'm sorry fair enough dude <laughs> i'm gonna call him captain howdy from now on <laughs> all right so moving along yes <laughs> weird shit starts happening exactly that that's that's the meat of this and like uh and throughout this whole thing we as we said we, we saw father Karras and like his his mom his mom dies in this uh in this asylum yeah and uh it's very hard on him obviously and we don't see reagan gradually get sick it's just you know it's suddenly yeah. exactly and we're, we're told that she is like not feeling well when chris has this party this like uh kind of fancy um evening yeah. you know yeah where everybody's in in designer clothes and or she's got a new perm and um yeah uh, it's the it's just the house is full of people they're, they're standing around the piano singing songs while father dyer uh plays it's an upper class gala exactly mm-hmm. yes um and the first sign of it is Reagan comes downstairs and interrupts the party, stands there and 
in a very serious manner, she tells, looks at this astronaut and says, you're going to die up there. And she pisses on the carpet. Yeah. Um, in front of everyone. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty scary. It's alarming. Yeah. Especially on a first watch. Right. You know, I mean, this movie's been around 50 years now, everybody. And we've all seen it a dozen times. Yes. But try to remember the first time you've seen it. And imagine going in blind, too, because the first time we've seen it, it's been in the zeitgeist already. We kind of know what's going to happen a little bit. Right. But, like, imagine the first time seeing something like this. It's shocking, because this is not a, nor- a normal behavior anyone would do. Right. You, you wouldn't do this. Like, to, to call it shocking is even just, you know, like, that, that's that's pretty yeah. charitable. I mean, obviously, like, audiences back then would have just been absolutely taken aback. Yeah, you like, know? you weren't even allowed to pee on film. No way. <laughs> like, no way. Dude, <laughs> Ten I... Ten years I, before this, th- at least. Th- think of think of how, like, infrequently you've seen something like that in a movie. And mm-hmm. this is happening in 1973. Yeah, and she's not even using the bathroom. She's, I know. In the middle uh, of the living room like, at a party. Is, yeah, she, yeah, she urinates. Like, she, she does something It's like she's a dog. Exactly, man. yes. Standing there, and then it's all over the rug. And every, all the guests are just like, you know, kind of in stunned silence. And Chris walks over and is just like, oh my God, sweetheart, are you all right? You know, what's going on? She actually like, I love how Chris handles it. Yes. Uh, it's not like, oh my God, you ruined my party. No. Nothing like that. It's okay. She's been feeling sick, which she has, because she did go to the doctor before this right. scene. And But she immediately swoops in mama time, yep. you know? Right. She takes puts her in the tub and is like washing her back and stuff and right. taking care of her while her guests are there. I know because she's still in her couture, yeah. like when she's when she's giving Regan the bath, yeah. Um, and she she asks her just you know like why did you say that to that man? Because um, it was a really cruel thing to say. <laughs> Obviously, yes. this is out of character for her. Because because like throughout all the other uh, interactions with Regan, we we've seen that she's a very sweet girl. Yeah, you know she she's really nice. Um, she is everyone loves her. Yeah. Um, so for her to to just you know like it's not it goes beyond just like sass. This is like I I just insulted you yes you know she's being cruel to people absolutely and she's the foul language she's using is something she's probably never even heard these words she's saying no, to people. no way no way like and there's a great scene when the doctor tells chris like she's been saying stuff to me you know and i won't say exactly <laughs> what she says to him but when he tells her back what she said it's funny because ellen burston it like almost laughs at what he says because yeah. it's just absurd <laughs> It's ridiculous. There is some of the stuff that that Reagan says in this movie is insanely satanic and profane. Yeah. Um, Where I'm just like, it it is shocking to me still in 2023. Mm -hmm. There's one line in particular where she uses the C word. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's it's when her head starts to rotate a little bit. She looks at Chris McNeil and says, do you know what your C wording daughter did? Yes. And, And I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, holy shit. And, and I didn't, I didn't even say it on our show, but like, you can imagine, yeah. like that is a really terrible thing to say. Right. You know? Yep. And it's only something that a Satan, uh, someone possessed <laughs> by Satan would, would, would utter. So yeah. Yeah. And your head spins around. So holy it's pretty, shit. Pretty, pretty satanic, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, oh so my God. It, there's a great line in this bathtub scene too. Uh, you blink and you miss it, but. Reagan asks, like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And her mom responds, says, it's like the doctor says, it's just 
Nerves. It's nerves. Which was the excuse for all women trouble back in Absolutely. the day. Absolutely, yes. Just take your pills and you'll be fine. Dude, I is mean... Is what she says. Oh and it's like, God. oh, come on, man. The whole female hysteria thing Ugh. like was just like... It was so prevalent in the culture. And it still is, of course. And, you know, it's totally unfair and terrible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, th- this movie... Like I was gonna get into it later, but I guess since you brought this up with the the nerves thing, it's it's been accused of having um, kind of patriarchal themes. Um, like a lot of critics have read into yeah. it. Um, you know, a, the, the, it attempts to like turn back progressive causes that student protesters in the '60s had fought for. Um, there was the, there was the the passage in the beginning with the with the movie that Chris was in, where yeah. she was like encouraging the student protesters to like stand down. Yeah. And this thing with the nerves, I mean, because all of this is happening to a, a pubescent girl. Um, a lot of critics have have interpreted like anti-feminist themes, you know, okay. um, because it's like the the female form itself is being attacked while it develops, and when Regan displays sexuality, it's obviously highly violent and you know, uh, yeah, yeah, and disturbing. She's ultimately saved by men priests. Abs- yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can men, see that. Men priests representing God and and purity. Yeah, you know, and so I I. Look, I, that's that's not how I take I, the movie. I don't believe, I don't feel that way at all. No, okay, honestly, that's fair. But I can see how some people can interpret that. Yes, for of course. Sure. And I mean, the essays I read were very thoughtful and laid out their reasons for for feeling this way. Yeah, and they had their reasons for perceiving it the way they did. Uh, but like you said, yeah. I I also don't feel that way about it. Yeah, you know? I can see that, man. Yeah, because and her father isn't there and yes. is kind of a douchebag, right? And I guess you can also blame it, like, well. Well, the father's not there because the mother left for her job, and and she's, because of the absence of the father, this happened to her, and right. she's being punished. I, I can see that shit, but yeah, fuck those theories, honestly. <laughs> very well, very well. Yeah, I think I don't think this does anything to negate any feminist agendas or progression. Uh, I'm, I don't I'm, think it does. I'm actually with you there myself because okay. I, I, I don't feel that way about it, and I, I know that Ellen Burstyn is a very much a progressive person, and she mm-hmm. would not put her. Uh, she would not lend herself to such a thing yeah. um, if, if that was what was actually going on. Yeah. Um, so from here, things get worse, right? Yes. <laughs> this is the scene like where the bed starts shaking, actually. like right. After the bath, she's in bed. Everyone's left the party, and you hear a loud noise from upstairs, and you hear Reagan screaming for her mom and stuff. And she runs in the room, and the bed is just like shaking up and down like an earthquake is happening. Yes. You know, this is not like... She's having a seizure on the mattress. This is the whole thing is up and down, back and forth, going crazy. And of all the things, I mean, like, obviously it gets more wild as we go. But like to, to hear doctors explain this away as like, well, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's part of her mental illness. I mean, like, yeah. the bed is off the ground. Yeah. And she is unconsciously doing this. I mean, like it's she's being flung back and forth. And yeah, this is not something she's doing. It's a seeing is believing type thing. Yes. And until they actually see these things happening, they they don't believe it. And they think it's just some some brain tumor or something she has. Right. And it's just affecting her psychology. A lesion on on the temporal lobe. Yeah. You know. Yep. Which I mean, look, yeah, that that is obviously like people have people have terrible, you know, like brain disorders. It right. does happen, but like, it does does it manifest itself in this way where there where there's it's not just physical harm to themselves. Like objects are moving in the room. I mean that 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 goes beyond like like someone's yeah. physiology. You know. Yeah. Even the split personality uh, things they're talking about in the movie that they they even say, man, and it's so rare. Like a hundred, only a hundred cases of this have been studied, and mm-hmm. like. Even that doesn't explain any of this either, because you can't be having 
Like, that doesn't explain poltergeist activity, you know? No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. explain beds <laughs> flying in the air. <laughs> it just doesn't. Well, I mean, like, so y- you and I have talked off air a million times about, like, spirituality and stuff like that. Yeah. And, I mean, like, we we both are more agnostic, you know, uh, yeah. about, you know, uh, the, existence of, the existence of God and everything. But, like, if something is happening right in front of your eyes, yes. um, like, you, you know, <laughs> you, you, you would feel differently about it. And yeah. like in this movie in, in, in particular, both the doctors and Karis, of course, are are confronted with something that they, they can't explain away using science. Exactly. And there's been plenty of stuff in in, in real life that like, yeah, y- you could you could like I guess try and come up with a scientific explanation for it, but like it, some of it just can't be explained and I don't want when it when it defies explanation, I don't want a scientific explanation. It's it's a weird thing to say, but it's just like some some yeah. things are just yeah. like inexplicable. They are like I like to think about. They they even talk about it in here. Like, uh, they mention penicillin being discovered. You know, yes. like if people weren't asking questions and trying to figure things out, we would have never known that. Right. And the development of understanding psychological issues that they mention in this movie. Like before, it was just oh my god, there's a demon in you. Yeah. When today, mostly okay, yeah, you've had trauma and you're being affected by this psychologically. We we discover things all the time right. as people. Right. We figure things out. Things we thought were magic before, we've learned about. Electromagnetism, just everything in science. Of like, course. We've figured things out. So there's nothing that could be happening that we might not eventually figure out, you know? Yes. So even this possession shit, maybe one day we'll know exactly what this is. Yeah, of course. You know? there, there could be a scientific explanation for it 100 years from now. But I'm open to them even just saying, okay, we got to do an exorcism, dude. Yeah, I mean. Because that's what has worked in these situations. I know. How we don't know, but it has. Right. They say it's psychologically because the victim is believing that this is working. It works. You know, it's I guess like a placebo in a way. Yes. But uh, there, there's. I just feel like you can't say absolutely certain things will never happen because they say the absence of something doesn't prove its existence. True. So. Yeah. Yes. There's my rant. <laughs> no, dude, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the, the whole thing of like the exorcism and like the, the, the psychological aspect of it, of just doing it because it, it helped. If the patient believes that what's happening is happening, then okay, go with it, but also try to heal them. Yeah. And if that means, um, like trying to extract a demon from them that they say is inside them and we're going to do it using the Roman ritual, um, then let's go for it. Um, and I like also that like Father Karras is the one who even like warns against exorcisms because it's the doctors who advise Chris to do this. Yeah. Um, and when she confronts Father Karras and says, you know, will you help? He says, well, listen, like you like you just brought up. Yeah. The, he's like back in the Middle Ages. Yeah. We thought this were people were possessed by demons. Now we know that there's mental illness. Mm-hmm. And this is the priest saying this. Yeah. Um, like uh, he's actually being uh, a reasonable, he's, he's using reason and logic when he is one of the people who would be like the first to, he'd be the first in line to say, no, no, it's the devil. Yeah. Um, so that's important to note. It definitely is. Yeah. And when father, uh, Marin comes back in later yes. to, to perform the exorcism, Marin's like, let's start, let's go, let's do it. And he cares like, well, don't you want to know the, the background of the case? And Marin says, why? Yes. Because he believes this. Right. He doesn't need to fucking know anything. This is happening. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. I know. I, he's so serious. And yeah. like, uh, and yeah, he, he has, we, we, we've just seen him on the archaeological dig. Um, but like in that moment where he confronts that demon, like that demon statue, his whole backstory is kind of filled in, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, like 
I know we're getting our hair ahead of ourselves with the exorcism yeah. itself, yeah. but like just his his meeting there and his his whole demeanor like tells you everything you need to know about yeah. this guy. It doesn't tell you what happened, right. but you know something has happened. He's seen some stuff. Yes. Yeah. Know. He's been around. Exactly. Some yeah. shit went down in front of Father Mary. And I mean, he's leading an archaeological dig too. So like, right. this guy knows a lot of shit. He's this is a smart guy. This is like another aspect of like the priest life that I was really intrigued by when I was a kid. It just like it's like all intellectual stuff at all times, and, and you're just kind of like a you're doing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're also an archaeologist. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, that, right? like, that kind of rules. He's an Indiana Jones. Exactly. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, what is what a great life. Oh, but. <laughs> There's other shit going. Okay, got it. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Might get barfed on with pea soup and (laughs) everything. Exactly. Not fun. (laughs) Um, so there's a scene. There's a moment where uh, the the director Burke ends up dying. Right. Mm -hmm. He falls down this giant staircase. This famous staircase now from this film. You ever been there? No, I haven't. I've oh, never yeah. been to D.C., actually. Oh, dude, yeah. We, we, um, we love to go to D.C. I'm going to Richmond later this year. Nice, so, dude, yeah. You uh, pop over. I, I don't know how close it is, but I, I probably could. It's drivable. Yeah. All right, sweet. I might do that, because I'm going to stay the weekend uh, one night. Oh, yeah, one, dude, you got to hit weekend. it. You yeah. got to hit it. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, he dies, and <laughs> a detective is kind of on the case now, too. Yeah, uh, Lee J. Le- Cobb. Yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Kinderman is the character. Right. And so he's asking a lot of questions about what's going on. He kind of figures, well... This guy was supposed to be at the house, right? At the top of the steps. Yep. And he's asking all kinds of questions, and he learns that uh, Reagan has some weird shit happening. Right. And he's thinking, all right, well, maybe she pushed him out the window or something. And, like, he's asking all these questions. And also... He's another huge movie buff in the movie, yes. which is, I love it, man. It's we got so dudes cool. in this movie. Ex- oh my God. Dude. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I mean, Jason Miller and Lee J. Cobb are dudes on movies. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That really uh, I, and, and, yeah. and like, cause when they're walking yeah. through there and we they, need a logo with them on it, like the dudes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the, I, I love their scene together where they're just walking through it and like because he he uh, finds uh, Father Karras uh, Kinderman finds Father Karras yeah. running around a track and um, yeah and he starts interviewing him and he he's tells him that like yeah the reason he's on the case is because when they found Burke Demings his head was turned completely around yeah um, which indicates that like obviously someone snapped his neck and um and on top of that, they uh, a priest had gone into the, the the church in the morning to like you know uh, put the flowers in and everything. Yeah. Looked up and saw that there was an obscenity there. Yeah. Um, the Virgin Mary had been you know like uh, they they modified put, exactly. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> in, in the uh, in, in the places you shouldn't be modifying exactly. Virgin Mary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's a pretty stark image. It and is it's just it is. like oh god. I remember the first time I saw that image. Yeah. I, it it's been burned in my mind. It for. Ever. It's really scary. Yeah. You know, um, and between that and this, it, it, you know, it looks like something is amiss. And so like, it, it's kind of funny to me too, that like just the, 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 the detective immediately suspects Satan, Satanism, you know, is involved in this murder. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm glad he jumps to that conclusion because he's right. But like, it, yeah. it's, it's in real life though, like he would be, um, a lot more suspect, I think, uh, of, 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 of even his own theory. But he's yeah. just ready to go for it. No, like, this is definitely happening. Um, you know, th- this guy was killed by Satanists, and we got to figure out what's going yeah. on, you know? Yeah, because who else would be desecrating this statue? Right. Who else would murder a man in a ritualistic witchcraft way? Right. And that's why he goes to Karis, because he knows he has a background, a history, a study of these kinds of things. Yes. And he even, like, 
Uh, Kinderman figures out it was Regan pretty quickly, too. He's a good detective. He is yeah. really on top of shit. I mean, because he, he goes to visit Chris after he talks to Father Karras. Um, and it was great. It was a great moment before when he leaves Father Karras and he tells him he looks like Sal Mineo. Yeah. I was like, oh, that, yeah. that rule. Yeah. First he told him it was John Garfield. And then when he didn't give him the information, he's like, no, actually, it's Sal Mineo. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's awesome. He's like, what does he say to him? He's like, you know, I was wrong. Yes. I was wrong about you. <laughs> you look like Sal Mineo. <laughs> and then Karras kind of just like smiled. He that, does that smile was, That again. was the second smile. That's the okay. only other smile. Exactly. Yeah. Two smiles in the movie from Jason Miller. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, he goes to Chris's house and interviews her. And um, it's a very uh, tense scene between them where like, like Regan by this point has, is very degraded, you know? Oh um, yeah. She is like exhibiting all the, the, a lot of the satanic stuff. They're starting to put about. a little makeup on her now. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, and like, this is going on upstairs while she's like having coffee with this cop. And like, she doesn't let on, but the cop is saying strangely specific stuff that she knows is true. And she can't, of course, say, yes, it was my little girl. She yeah. definitely killed Burke Demings. <laughs> Put the cuffs on her right now. Um, but like uh, the cop is strangely right about what's happening. And he knows that she's possessed by Satan. Yeah. Really messed up. Yeah. You know, he's a good cop. <laughs> he's great. He's great. And and my, my only uh like beef with it is that he's not reacting appropriately. Like a man who's been on the job for, yeah. you know, going over 30 years now, he's probably never uh, encountered God. such a thing. And this does, would be pretty amazing for him. And he does you know? one of the things I hate most in movies when characters are like about to say something and then they're like, ah, maybe it's nothing. Yeah. And then, then, you know, we have 10 more scenes before yeah. something happens. <laughs> it's like, what the? Come on, script. I know. I mean, this this movie won the Oscar for for uh, writing. Yes, it did. Which I, I definitely deserved it. It's great. Right. Uh, but I, mean, I hate that trope. Yes. When everyone's about to say something important and then they're like, no. And then we get 10 more minutes and then they say it. It's so like, come on. You're, you're right about that one aspect, that, that that particular trope is used in this sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that later on in the movie, when I was expecting it to happen, something else like a trope to occur, it didn't. Okay. Which is where the Cardinal immediately gives Karis the rights. Right. You thought he'd be denied. Exactly. Then we get 10 more minutes. Yes. And okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it didn't happen that the Cardinal was like, okay, yeah, but we need somebody experienced to go with you. That was the only caveat. It's like, it's happening, but we're going to bring in this other guy. Yeah. yeah. I was like really relieved. Yeah. And they bring in Marin and I like that. I like it how the movie's book ended with him. Really? Yeah. Like we see that intro for 10 minutes yep. and then never think of him again. And then they mention him here right at the end. An hour and 20, he's yeah. back. You yeah. Know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and and it's it's a great moment, too, when when uh, when Kinderman leaves. Um, he he asks for another cup of coffee, and uh, Chris gives it to him. And then he says, well, listen, I've, I've taken up too much of your time now. By the way, uh, I'd love if you could give my daughter an autograph. And she's yeah. like, oh, sure. She starts, well, what's her name? He goes, oh, it's actually for me. It's a great, yeah. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Also, me and my friend Damien have a podcast you might want to listen to. It's called Dudes on Movies. <laughs> I'm your dude, Damien. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, dude. Wow. <laughs> and she's like a podcast. What's that? Yeah, exactly. It's like radio. Yeah, it is. Okay. <sighs> Holy so, shit, dude. And then, <laughs> um, I'm just too tickled by the fact that they're movie guys. I love it. And then even at the end, Dyer 
in the deleted scene ending, yes. he mentions he he likes films too. I, 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 I love that <laughs> he's the, already seen Wuthering Heights. The, you know? This universe <laughs> of like cinephiles, you know, who are in, uh, man. like, yeah, professional men who this just is who where just I want to be. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'd go to church if my priest was like, dude. This. I am telling you, this is like what I thought it was. Yeah. You know, and and I was I was all just like swept up in it, and I found out later that I was wrong. That's not what's going on. You've been bamboozled, man. (laughs) 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 So I guess we get to the exorcism. Uh, yeah. Right? I, well, well, okay. Or so is there, there, there is, we want to talk about yeah. anything else before we go into the yeah, exorcism. J- just the, like, like the, like we said, like the degradation of Regan from here on. I mean, like, yes. cause when Kinderman leaves, like it, it was when she, when Chris has to go upstairs and like check on her because there's a, another ruckus happening. Yeah. And it's when she comes in and it's the let Jesus fuck you. Uh, yeah. Scene. Yeah. In which like she opens the door and like, this is the other scene that is still just absolutely like, you know, Oh, god like a blood freezing moment yeah where she is like stabbing at her genitals with this crucifix like really you know uh, and yeah saying let jesus fuck you and then when chris is horrified walks over to her like tries to get her to stop she grabs uh ellen burston by the head and like shoves her head forcefully down into her bloody crotch and says you know lick me and this is all you know and she's by this point um Mercedes McCambridge is providing the voice of the yes, possessed. We need, yes. Um, she's a, 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 obviously a major part of the movie because without her, there'd be no demon. Right. Um, and like she had quite a career uh, starting with her radio work with Orson Welles. And then she won the Oscar for all the King's men. Um, and in one of the more subversive cameos in movie history from the code era in touch of evil, she plays this motorcycle tough. Really? Yeah. Uh, really cool. Um, I, I don't know what the deal is, but she's just there, like, looking at the, at, yeah. at, you know, so cool. Um, That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, apparently there's a big controversy. Friedkin was not going to put her in the credits, too, because he wanted that, that illusion that, you know, I know, Linda Blair did this with her voice, and it that makes it even creepier. I know. You know? Fuck and you. I know, dude. It's, Give credit. Dude, I mean, all the, the terrible shit Friedkin did. I mean, like, you know, there's this, yeah. and there was the other actress, Eileen Dietz, who who stood in for, for Linda Blair in, on some of the more adult moments. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and like this one where she where she grabs Ellen Burstyn. I mean, like this kind of stuff. And um, she was also not going to be credited completely. And like, it took until like 2001 with, with SAG to get involved before she like got what she had come into. Yeah, her. it's pretty insane. It is. Um, and... Obviously, the, the, this particular scene, uh, this is where I got where we got that line I mentioned earlier about, you know, do you know what your yes. C-wording daughter yes. did? Um, which is like just it's it's the most like the dialogue in this scene in particular and what happens in it. It, it like to say it shocks people still to this day. Like yeah. you couldn't show this at any era like this is like something that was probably I mean, they, nothing today even is as like just absolutely like puts you on your ass like this because yeah. it's like, Oh my God, this is this, what, what is happening in this is so inappropriate. And like, yeah, yeah. Terrible. It, it's super. I mean, I'm trying to think about the modern horror directors, this new right. wave we're in right now. Yeah. Like Ari Aster's could, could he pull something like this off and get away? He might be able to, but I don't know, man. I know this I, is, because th- think of like Hereditary and Midsommar. I mean, like yeah. there's nothing like those movies are shocking and they're, they're, I love them both. But like the, the, 
the violence of them is what gets you. Not, yeah. not, not this. I mean, like this is something, I mean, this is violent, but it's like violence mixed with, it's the sacred and the profane, of course. And right. It's the, yeah. Um, and there's sexuality involved. I mean, like this is, uh, this goes beyond Ari Aster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is an all time horror yeah, movie. It I is. Mean, right. It may never be topped. It's Ugh. wow. And it's 50 years old, which I, I love <laughs> yeah. the fact yeah. that films that have aged can hold up like this. It's got this kind and of power. And still be, yeah, exactly, this powerful. Yeah. That yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah, we the, these scenes happen, they, they progressively get more intense throughout the movie. Like right. We've seen her do things like this a little bit, but like that's the first time where it's like really extreme. Right. Um. And then, like, once you do get to the exorcism, you see a lot, a lot of more stuff like this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't. I wouldn't say nearly as shocking or disturbing. No, uh, because like what happens after this is like th- this is kind of the incident that makes uh, Chris. At this point, her the doctors have told her, you know, about the exorcism thing, um, and that's when she finds out that like Father Karras is is he he's the psychiatrist at the of the Jesuits. Yeah. And that um she goes to him and asks him for the exorcism, asks him to come to the house and look and and you know just see her first. Right, cuz he and, refuses. Yes. Um yeah. he, he's a man of science. So he suggests like maybe you should go get some psychological help. Right. <laughs> and she's like I've already talked to every fucking psychiatrist and they told me to come to you. Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and she's like, and she's been beat up by Regan because in that scene, oh, yeah, like, yeah. you know, she obviously she, she hit her and uh, she, she went flying across the room. Yeah. And apparently Ellen Burstyn like hurt her back permanently yes. in that scene because William Friedkin had her rigged up to some unsafe shit oh, and Jesus. refused to do anything about it. Oh, my God. E- I- even at her behest. You know, thanks, 70s filmmaker. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. He's, he was he was an, a crazy man. We keep we, we praise the 70s american <laughs> cinema endlessly don't we yes, but we do a lot of it is fucking bullshit how they got this done i know yeah um <laughs> you know william friedkin peter bogdanovich these were not good people um they 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 eventually they became good people but yeah, like yeah. it just they had to like learn their lesson um but yeah back then when they were young and and they were uh just like everybody was kissing their ass yeah. they did whatever they wanted you yeah. know and it sucked Yep. I mean, this William Friedkin fired people for no reason, just ang- in in his anger, you know, during the uh, at, at various points in the yeah. in the production. Um, he fired a gun one time without warning into the air to like get a reaction from Jason Miller. Yeah, um, just the most bullshit stuff. And I, Jason Miller held that against him for until the day he died. He was like, "Look, I'm an actor. You don't need to do that kind of bullshit." You know. Yeah. Yep. Um, he slapped William O'Malley. Uh, the 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 guy who plays Father Dyer is a real priest. Yeah. And yeah. the 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 end scene where he is um like uh, tearfully giving Damien Karras the last rites. Uh, he's yeah. like crying. Like the reason he's crying is because William Friedkin slapped him five seconds ago before he said action. He wasn't getting the reaction he wanted, so he just hard slapped him across the face. And oh, and the guy was like God. in shock, you know, with tears running down his face. And then William Friedkin's like action, you know. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, terrible guy. Terrible he, guy. He he mellowed out later in his career. I know. Like you keep you said that, but man, like that doesn't. How you, you need to atone for this somehow? I don't know how. And that's my only thing with yeah. him is that like the reason I bring this stuff up, obviously because it's newsworthy, but also because like when you watch these interviews with him and all these documentaries, he comes off as this like you know grandfatherly figure. Yeah. And he is very entertaining. He's a smart guy and he's engaging. And like the stuff he says is funny, but like, he's never saying, by the way, I was a real prick in the seventies. You he, know, I, I've heard him say like, he's 
he doesn't have as much ego now as he used to. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that's he, true. He knows, but he's never said, like, no. I apologize for doing this shit. <laughs> right. As far as I know, he's I, never not, done not, that. Not that I've ever Has seen. He, he, he needs to get involved with, like, safety unions and things like that. He needs to do that kind of shit. I like, know. Be like, all right, I was wrong. And I'm going to try to help now. Exactly. I it, broke Ellen Burstyn's <laughs> tailbone, and now I got to, you know, like, yeah. uh, geez. <sighs> All right, let's talk about the devil. <laughs> exactly. Here we go. <laughs> Interior Regan's room. Um, like At Antarctica. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because that was the other thing. The freezing conditions, and of course, Linda Blair just wearing her shift. You know, yeah. and, and uh, they got it down to like minus 30. Yes. To, so they can see the breath of the actors. And and they had to keep resetting all the time because everyone's body heat and the lights and yeah. everything would just bring the temp up. Right. And then they got to cut to freeze it again. And you can do this stuff as long as you're taking care of people. But right. they weren't. Right. You know, because it was the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're done ranting so, about this. Can I get you we're a cigarette? Done. I mean, yeah, it's just <laughs> right. like smoking a cigarette in this icebox. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, they could have right. just breathed in a smoke and then blew it out like they were talking in the cold weather. <laughs> I don't know. Keep taking a drag before you're, you're <laughs> right. close up. Right. And action. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. So now we've yeah. got Marin and Karis yeah. on the case. Right. Well, and, and Karis had, had done the visit and he had, yeah. like, he had seen firsthand kind of like what she oh, what yeah. was going on here. Yeah. Um, and Which is how he got the approval. He's like, exactly. He has enough stuff to convince him that maybe they should do this he taped his sessions with the second time he visited her yeah um he also like was called over in the middle of the night by sharon to to like look at Re to like, physically examine regan when she had that like it was the the help me yes. across her torso yeah um and at, at one point she uh is, is she strapped to the bed and said something about like you know the, the the drawer opens on on the on the the night table yeah and he goes was that you and he's like she's like yes it was well why don't you just uh you know undo the straps if, if you're so powerful she goes and she says that kind of vulgar display of power is is beneath me mm -hmm. um which is the name of pantera album, i was about to say that if you didn't touch on it i was gonna touch on it <laughs> Which is an awesome album. Yes, it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, but now, the, and I guess before we get into the actual exorcism itself, um, there I, I do want to say a couple things. One is that I love the interiors of the Cardinal's office and like where the, the meeting room happens, um, mm -hmm. like where they're in the conference room talking about how it's going to go down. Just yeah. the, the rich red and brown. Um, yeah. It just, that's another 70s interior that I just can't get enough of. Yeah. Um, and also... Obviously, one of the most famous and perfect shots in cinema history is Father Marin's arrival at the McNeil House. Yes. Um, you see Max von Sydow exit the cab and stand in front in the front yard where he's silhouetted in the mist and street lamp looking up at the bedroom window. Um, it's like a painting. And Ooh. Owen Roisman, the cinematographer, even if he never shot another movie again, he'd always have this to dine out on for the rest of his <laughs> life because it's such an achievement. Dude, yeah, I just got goosebumps oh, thinking cool. about like <laughs> it's fucking gorgeous. It is. It's so well staged, man. It's framed perfectly, and and it doesn't matter how many times you see it's it. It's the it poster. Gets you. It's yeah. the fucking cover of the DVD. Yeah, it's it's everything that you see, promotional or otherwise, with this movie. You, that's what you think of, and that's all they should ever use, in my opinion. No yeah. matter how many DVDs that they put out, no matter how many blue special editions, I know. Or whatever. I got the one, and it's got like Reagan 
kind of in makeup on the bed on the cover. Okay, and it's like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, she looks menacing, but right. that is not what I want to see. I want to see that beautiful silhouette. I know. I want to see that mist. I want to see that Georgetown house. Because <laughs> it's just so evocative. God. I mean, like, and, and with, with, with his hat exactly. perfect. I mean, like, it's just so You perfect. see that image and you think, wow, yeah. what's going on here? I know. And it's it's menacing and intriguing, right? God. And beautiful, yes. You know, a, a true harbinger of what of what's to come. Yes. Um, so he finally does enter the house, and uh, like like we said earlier, it's time now to do the exorcism. Yeah. And here we go. Yeah. So they go in, and <laughs> Reagan's ready. You know what? A wonderful day for an exorcism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and she's tied down, right? And they come in, they start preparing, they're splashing holy water on her and, you know, doing the sign of the cross and all this stuff. And right. the holy water is like putting little cuts in her skin yes. as it splashes on her, which is really cool. I know. It's an awesome effect. You see a close up of it one time on her leg and it's just, it looks like you get like whipped, you know, a, a lash. It's pretty sweet looking. And that's more of like Dick Smith's um, contribution, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. he's probably the greatest effects man of all time. Um, like Rick Baker and Tom Savini both like yeah. say, this guy's the man. Yeah. You know? And like this stuff here, the, these effects, I mean, like the, the it isn't just makeup that he does. He's also involved in, in the rigging and the, you know, like yeah. when she levitates, all that stuff. I mean, like this is all like really impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I love too that the movie lets uh, Marin and Karis do the whole exorcism. Like they're just reading from, you know, yeah. Vatican two yeah. and, and just, you know, okay, here's what's, here's how it's going to be. We're going to do the Lord's prayer first. You're going to like, you know, yeah. say this and I, I need you to, you know, at one point he has to like chastise uh, father Marin has to like say, Damien, I need the response, yeah. you know, um, because he's awestruck by this. Yes. He still can't believe this. Right. Cause he never thought, um, he's a psychiatrist and he, you know, wants to, even though he's a priest by trade, he still like is about the brain and yeah. he's never encountered anything like this. And this is entirely convincing. This little girl is possessed by demons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cannot believe it. And before they go in, Marin warns him, you know, don't believe anything she says. It's all lies. They're going to, she's going to attack us with this and mix it with the truth and try to stop us. That's very important. And she ends up saying things to Karis about how he let her. His mother died and things like that. And she starts talking to him in his mother's voice and blaming him and stuff like that. And he gets so confused out of his mind. He even like she takes the form of the mother at one time just just for a split second. And like it's I mean, it just if think about like what if you were in that situation and like you're already seeing some stuff that you can't believe. And now she is taking on other forms. Yeah. I mean, like. I I don't know how I could come back to regular life, even if even if I was triumphant in this moment. If I extracted this demon from this kid, yeah, like, and I lived to tell the tale, how would I go on? You know, you'd probably have to go to the Middle East and excavate some I, that's, old buildings. That's all you can yeah, do. That's all exactly. you can do. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna hang out in Mosul for the rest of my life, and you know, yeah, jeez, because Marin has done this before. Yeah, that's why they're bringing him in. That we find out. Okay, this is the man from the beginning. He's he's performed the most recent exorcism, I guess, yes. which was what? How long ago? 10, right. 20, 15, 50 years ago. And it was and it was sanctioned by the church. And yes. it was like an official record. Yeah. So so they get him in because he's the only guy who has experience. Right. And when she's floating, you get the power of Christ compels you. They're chanting it at her. Yes. And the, 
might be the most famous line in the film. It's yes. been parodied endlessly. There's an SNL skit with Richard Pryor. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes, it's I have. It's called The Exorcist 2. <laughs> and it's basically, he's the priest and he's just there uh-huh. and, and goofball stuff happens. Yes. <laughs> at, at one point, you know, because like, at, Regan says to him, she says, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Yes. Um, which is a one like, of my favorite lines, actually. I, 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 I love it. It really is. I it, love that line. It's a crowd pleaser. Um, but like in the SNL skit, yeah. uh, Lorraine Newman as Regan says to Richard Pryor, <laughs> your mother sews socks that smell. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I was... It reminded me of where'd you get that scar from, tough guy yeah. eating pineapple? Yeah. Or you yeah. know when you find a stranger in the Alps. It was like just a perfect it, like censored line. It's perfect. <laughs> and the the joke is he's like, "You're talking about my mama? What'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Your mother's so sucks that smell." And he starts choking her. He's choking her. And the father Marin priest has like poor Richard Pryor yeah, off. Yeah. Her. And then she insults his mother, yes. and then he chokes her. <laughs> It's a great, it's a great parody. If you really haven't seen it, everybody, yep. it's, it's a good seventies SNL sketch. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, what I love about this though, the exorcism here is they take a break, man. I know. They're like, I, I know. have time. Right, exactly. You yes. have time. I have time. I mean, they're just like, okay, we're spent. We need some orange slices and Capri Suns, everybody. Let, let's sit down. Yep. Uh. All right. <laughs> and then that's when they have the, the scene where they talk about why this girl and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. they end up going back in. Marin seems so strong, uh, but he is, he's actually really affected by it. He goes to the restroom and like is shaking. Yeah. He has to take his pills that we've seen him take. Yeah. He has these he's got nerves or something. Nitroglycerin yeah. pills that are in this like, uh, uh, this little, uh, it's like an ornate pill case. I know. Yeah. It looks like it's from like, we were talking about Fabergé eggs off the air a little while ago. It reminded yeah. me of that. Just like something from like Czar Nicholas or something. I don't I, know where he got this thing. Maybe he found it in the sand. It's gotta be and from like, the, all right, I'll put dig. my pills in there. Exactly. This is now where, where I, where yeah, I, it's a thousand year old priceless artifact. Yes. He's like, I'm going to put my Lexapro in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh man. That's why he was there. He it's my divine pill right. case. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, this is my divine right. <laughs> he he's out there digging. He's like, "Oh, found it!" <laughs> Everybody, go home. Found it. He lost it like twenty years ago, and he's out there trying to find it. <laughs> that was the whole point of the dig. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, but in and like she, we, we haven't even mentioned the 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 pea soup that, that Regan vomits periodically. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it's a famous part of the movie, but we don't really need to like you know obviously break it down. But I mean, it's obviously flying all over the place during the during all the rituals and yeah, the green vomit. Yes, um, and like he goes in actually even in the bathroom like like uh, to uh, clean his his finery. Yeah, because um, she she just like like expects you know expectorated on on his, like yeah. fully just like like put her head to the side and it just started like like that's my out. favorite pea soap soup moment yeah is when she's they i think she stops levitating or it might be before she levitates it's after levitation. but she finally is back down on the bed on her back and her head turns to the left and to the right like slowly like yes. almost like calming in a way like the the giant episode has ended and now she's laying back down. Right. But as she turns her head to the sides, like, it just is, like, spilling out of her mouth. Yeah. It's not like she's spraying it or doing anything. It just comes out. Like, it It looks like some, like, rock star OD'd or something. I is know. laying there, and it's, like, coming out of the mouth. It's it, the grossest yeah, moment Yeah, it's of pretty it. yeah. nasty. But um, after seeing it, like, flying and expelled everywhere, just seeing it kind of, like, drip and ooze, 
I find it even more alarming. I know. Just that it's just, there's so much of this crap in here. It's just coming out like this. Yes. And you can imagine like the, the stench in the air. I mean, like, oh, it, yeah. it, you know, just because they haven't been cleaning it up either. She's been laying in it. Um, yeah. It's, it's like in her wounds, even um, her, her like cuts have become gangrenous. And yeah, uh, because it's just full of vomit. And uh, yeah, the, it, it's weird with, with, with all the, 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 um, medical attention that Regan has received. Um, they really haven't done a good job of like you know creating a, a sanitized atmosphere for. No, her. no. Um, and, and the set probably stinks. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I mean, like, are they cleaning that set? You know, Friedkin absolutely isn't. not. <laughs> I mean, dude, no. It's it's just we're gonna have another cigarette and and forget about it because this is adding to the atmosphere. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's get this fifteen-year-old girl to lay in this film uh, for countless days. <laughs> God, man. Thank yeah. God she got an Oscar nom for that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, because of Kara seeing his mom and stuff, he's he can't handle it. Right. And Marin notices and says, you need to leave. Take You got to get out of here because it's working on you. Right. The devil is winning on you. Yeah, you exactly. need to leave. It's affecting the whole yes. the whole process because yeah. you've, you've now made it personal. Yep. So he um, leaves and takes, you know, it's... Third quarter, he's out there at yeah, now. Exactly. Marin's ready to go though. He's in there. He's at the front line. Yes. And, um. and like and, and she he's downstairs talking to Chris, like just yeah. taking his rest, and she asks him just, is she gonna die? Which is a reasonable question. Yes. You know. Um I love his response. Yeah. He just goes, No. Right. She's not gonna die. Forcefully he's not yeah. she's not gonna die. And and that's when he knows it's his cue to go back up there. Yeah. And when he walks in, he finds Marin dead. Yeah. We don't know what happened exactly. I mean, like, what did she do to him? He's he's laying face down, like, he's on his knees on the side of the bed, laying face down on the mattress. Right. And Reagan is kind of just kneeling on the bed or sitting there. She's sitting up against one of the posts. And, and she's quiet. Right. She has this weird she's look just on her face. looking. She's observing. And her eyes are, like, bugged out, and her, her mouth is hanging open. Like, like she oh. doesn't understand what even is happening. It's and, one of my favorite moments of it. I know. Uh, because... You expect her to be violent and screaming and right. saying all this profane stuff, but she's just sitting there. Right. And then when when Karis looks up at her, she starts to like sort of taunt him a little bit and kind of like like <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's when he lunges at her. Yeah. And he starts choking her like Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's right. <laughs> Only this time, Marin is dead, so there's no one to to, to like you know right, yeah, uh, yeah. stop this. And he eventually he he's telling the devil. You know, get out of this child and and take me. You know, because obviously the one of us has to die. Yeah. Um. And before before Marin passed away or before Marin was killed, um, we saw the Pazuzu statue appear in the room. Oh, what as a well. wonderful visual! Really cool. It's behind like the bed. Yes. And Reagan's on the bed on her knees, like like platooning, like reaching was, up it, into it, the it sky. Very, it's a Willem yeah. Dafoe moment. Yes. And it's uh, it's all silhouette though. Right. Like it's this bright light shining behind. Uh, the the mattress between the statue and Reagan. So Reagan's like this black silhouette in front of the Pazuzu statue yes. from the beginning of the film that's now in the bedroom. And you don't really see the set, though. It's just those three things you I see. Know. And striking, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so it they simulate sunlight behind the Pazuzu statue yeah. somehow with just this like shaft of light that comes in. Really amazing. Yeah. Um and eventually of course the the demon does leap into uh, into Father Karras. Yeah. And we see him transform. His eyes go yellow. And before it can fully take hold of him, 
and do what it did to Regan, he decides that to kill them both. Yeah. Um, the way, the only way he knows how, which is to leap out the window and take a gainer down those steps. Just like what happened to Burke, yes. the director who died earlier. And, uh, you know, whoever the stuntman was really takes a bump. Ooh. You know, I mean, and, and I know that they, they padded the steps and everything, but dude, I mean, I've been to that staircase. It is steep and there's a lot of them. So it doesn't yeah. matter how much padding is on this. It's stone. Yeah, dude. Um, it, it must have mm-hmm. really been like, I, I don't know how you train yourself to take this kind of fall, but, but the guy did. And, you know, Father Karras is now almost dead. Yeah. Yeah. He's laying at the bottom. Right. And like you see his fingers kind of moving right. in his hand and the, there's makeup on the finger, like where the skin's kind of pulled yeah. back. It's like, oh man, this guy tumbled. I know. Oh, I know. And, and like, that's the other thing too. I, I just can't say enough about Dick Smith and the, the, the effort that like, you know, like you said, the makeup on the fingers to go that far with it. Yeah. Uh, because like at that time too, in, um, if Dick Smith wasn't working on a movie when there was a blood, you, you would see it like you see it in like De Palma's films. Um, it, it, it's like red house paint. Yeah. This one, it's like Dick Smith apparently was the only one that had the formula for fake blood because it actually <laughs> looks real, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Friedkin used real blood. Oh my God! You know he would do it, like because exactly, yeah. Because we we we've talked about Kubrick and the, and the ultimate, you know, yeah, stuff. right, yeah. That that is what would happen. He would just like fully just you know like uh, brain somebody with a statue to get like a big pool of blood. To right, come out. I need to kill someone to get their blood. <laughs> right. You'd oh do man. it, man! What a, what a dick! You would do it. <laughs> um. So yeah, now evil has been dispelled. Yeah, and like Regan is now just like cowering in the corner of the room and. Uh, Chris, you know, realizes things are back to normal, like not back to normal, but she has her daughter back. Yes. And she's so, screaming for her mom, too. Yes, yes. Which is just heartbreaking that she went through this. And Kinderman showed up like right before this all, like the, the end of the exorcism. Yeah, like the, the, the scuffle was happening right. when he shows up and he they hear it and they run up there and he's the he's already jumped out the window and Reagan's in the corner screaming right. when he comes in the room. Right. Like, man. What a, what a scene to walk in on, too. Oh, my God. I mean, like... Holy crap. And I, and I said earlier about, like, if Father Karras had lived through this, how would he go on? I mean, like, if you were a homicide detective investigating, you know, like, okay, well, I I was right. Um, yeah. The devil was had possessed this girl, and then, like, somehow it jumped into the other man, and he killed himself. I mean, like, right. how, how is he going to put that in the report? I don't know. You You can't. No. He can he can write it into the next movie script he's working That's on. That's probably right? what it's yeah. going to be. Yes, <laughs> his career as a policeman is over, but yeah. now he's a he's screenwriter. Like, Father Dyer, have you ever um, <laughs> done a, done a rough draft? <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, but man, it's quite a shocking ending. Yeah. Um. You never. The, I mean, the prota- he's one of the protagonists, right? He's almost the main protagonist. Father Karras. Father Karras is, yeah. and he dies. And I mean, do, do, do you mean that you think that the devil won? I don't think the devil won, Okay, I guess. I don't know. I do, honestly, do. I feel like I don't think the devil would let this happen, maybe? That he wouldn't have leapt out of the... That he wouldn't I don't think he would have leapt out. Right. And I don't feel like it would matter. That he got killed while he was in this guy. I mean, I don't... I know. Can we just jump back into someone else? I, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's the, the, the details of, of, like, Pazuzu's uh, abilities are right, real vague. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, it, it is... 
I, I guess at some point you have to end the story, so maybe that's just right. it. But like, it, it doesn't bother me that much. But right. every time I watch it, I get, I, I think about that. I'm like, all right, so if he can just jump into whoever he wants whenever he wants and then get killed like this, like I, I don't know. Well, yeah, there, there's, there's not enough. The rules aren't spelled out. No, for me, exactly. Dave. I and I <laughs> that, and that that is fair. Um, and I don't need rules, but like I always think about it when I, I see this. Right. I, I I say that like I mean <laughs> earlier Regan said you know because because uh, Karis asked uh, Regan you know when are you going to set her free and she goes and he, she's like when she dies. Um, so I, I guess that means okay, like it's like yeah. establishing a rule yeah, that way. Yeah, you know, that's if true. if my host body dies, then then that's the end of me at least in mortal in mortal form. Okay. He's probably right. just now he has to go back to hell before he can find another another host. Yeah, he, he's got to like replenish his health. Yes, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but no, it is a great ending though. I do right, like it. Right, it's a good ending. And in in the regular theatrical cut, it's just now you know we're we're, we're now in the the McNeil house and they're going to move back to California presumably, uh, where where she's going to go back to work as an actress. Yeah, and uh, Regan doesn't remember anything. Yeah, like she's just been like. Uh, she she's still kind of bruised from from you know the the physical torture and everything, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know that like what happened and they haven't told her. And uh, Father Dyer walks up and um, there's this kind of uh, moment where uh, like she introduces uh, Regan to Father Dyer and you know she's like how do you do and she she's never met this man before mm-hmm. and when they're about to get in the car, Chris gets in the car and Regan like looks up at father Dyer and, and she like focuses on the priest collar mm-hmm. and then she kisses him on the cheek. Yep. Um, almost like subconsciously understanding that like, you know, uh, this man is, is like Damien Karras and I yeah. somehow know that he saved my life. And I mean, she's, she's such a sweet girl. Yeah. Maybe she does these kinds of things, but I, I, I believe what you just said. Yeah. Like, like there's some kind of subconscious unconscious thing yep. that's happening. Some recognition. Yeah. Right. Some spiritual recognition. It's you possible, know? It's yeah. Some, something has happened in there. Right. And then they, they leave. Right. That's the theatrical. And then there's the extended cut. They add a scene with the detective, uh, Lieutenant Kinderman, right. shows up and has a movie conversation with Dyer. <laughs> yeah, they, they, have, they have the guest, <laughs> Father Dyer, on, on TV. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now um, there's also a scene when Chris is going to give that little pendant to Father Dyer, yeah, is that in the extended, um, or is that the original? It's 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 in the theatrical cut okay. because, like, yeah, it's it's like the last shot of the movie. Yeah. It's like the car pulls away, and then he, um, she, you know, you she, you hear Chris go, Father Dyer, and you know, he walks over yeah. and she gives him the 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 medallion. Okay, yeah, yeah, which and is the, not too significant to me. I don't know, but like, I don't apparently, know. like this, I don't know, like what they did with this ending is supposed to set up the Exorcist three or something. Oh, like in some okay. weird way. Okay. Honestly, I've never seen it. Oh, you haven't seen Exorcist 3? I need to. I've never seen it. Okay. I've, I've, that's a shameful admit for me right now. You know, yeah. I am I think you'd really enjoy it. I know um, I would. Because it's a really good movie. I know I would. Yeah. Um, And there's also a scene when Dyer is going to go walk down the steps, I guess, as a shortcut to back to the church or wherever he's going. Okay, yeah. But he doesn't. He turns around and, and walks back the other way. Good then, move. Yeah. Pretty, you know. pretty smart move. Right. Yeah, you know that everyone dies on these stairs? Go the other way. <laughs> exactly. Just go the, the other way, dude. Take the scenic route. <laughs> you live in Georgetown. And by taking the other way, you get to talk to one of the dudes on movies who's Ex- waiting there to talk right. to you. That's you know? right. Let's go see Wuthering Heights. I got passes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a deleted scene, too, where he even mentions 
the scene in Casablanca when he says it's the start of a beautiful friendship. I mean, and they they cut they, they I guess they lost the dialogue or some yeah. sound or something for right. it, so they don't use it. Right. Which is funny because I just found that out after researching this time, and I'm like, oh my god, because I've always thought that this ending reminded me of the end of Casablanca. It is kind of just like Claude Rains and Humphrey Bogart yes. walking off together. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird too because it's two characters who weren't part of the. The, the main set piece. Yeah. They were just kind of peripheral. Side. Yeah. I mean, and it's cool that they kind of find each other and get together and maybe they start their own show. Yeah. They, they're going to go start a podcast. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's the end of the film. Right. Um, there's also the, a scene in the, mo- the director's cut, which is like the famous spider walking scene. Yes. That's not in the original. I actually kind of like it. Oh, the spider walk scene? I, I like it. I do, too. It looks it's... a little funky because it was, you know, done with 70s yeah. effects and things. But it in this, in the cut it's in, it, it's pretty effective, man. She walks backwards on her hands and feet like a crab walk, but she's upside down. Yes. Down, and she does it down the steps. And it happens quickly. Like, they speed it up. Right. To make it look less janky, I think. Right. That might be the main reason, but <laughs> the speed is just unrealistic which brings in that supernatural element of it too not only are you walking down the steps like this but you're doing it quickly and then she gets to the bottom of the steps and her face comes into the camera and it's dripping blood out of her mouth and she like goes it's freaking scary dude it's a really scary scene i i i know what you mean about like the technical aspects of it or whatever but like I can't get that image of just the, that that jangly walking thing that going up and down the stairs. Oh, yeah. I mean, like like that effect has been used in. It, it looks like something that J Horror started doing. I know in like the two thousands. It, it man. definitely that's gotta be where they where they took it from. Yeah. is is like that. I mean, because Samara does it even in the remake. Yeah, in the American right? remake. You know, yeah. it's it's this like otherworldly kind of just like uh, uh, I, I, it's I, like I, the jittery. Janky, I know, like stutteriness. Yes. You know? And, and like to see her going up and down the stairs, like just with, with like, just like a, a, a spider, very soft, you know, pedaled on, on each. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like it really is, uh, it's an unsettling scene and I, I understand they, they got rid of it because of time or whatever, but like if they had left it in, I wouldn't have had a problem yeah. with it. And I think they got rid of it because you couldn't get rid of the wires in the shot. Oh, okay. the wires holding up the, the actor who was doing this. Right. Like you couldn't get rid of it. They it's, added it later. In the director's cut because they could remove it with CGI. In 2000, they could yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, George Lucas. <laughs> yes, <for that>. exactly. <laughs> ILM came came in and, and rescued the day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so is, is there anything else with the film we want to touch on? Um, well, there was... Um, it's one of the weirdest things I can remember. Um, have you ever heard of Exorcist, the beginning, and Dominion, a prequel to The Exorcist? I saw them in theaters. You saw both of them? I saw one of them. Oh, I can't okay. remember which one it was. Okay. They were both bad. They both were bad, yes. <laughs> I think it was Beginnings. Okay, yeah. I think the beginning had the, like the first theatrical run. Is that when they're in like the Middle East? Yes. Yeah, that it's... one fucking sucked. Dude, um, Stellan Skarsgård <laughs> plays Father Marin. Yes. And like I said, it's one of the strangest things I remember. You had Paul Schrader's Dominion, which was fully finished and ready to go, but the studio didn't like it. So they hired Rennie Harlan to make the whole movie over again, which is the movie you saw, Exorcist the Beginning. It had a rewritten script, and they ended up releasing both movies anyway later on. Yeah. Like, Dominion got a release, like, a year later. I didn't know that (laughs) they remade it and released it. Yes. Like, (laughs) I mean, the the one you saw is the remake of the one they they shelved, 
and then they took the one they shelved and re-released that as well. God. I mean, like, I, I've never seen Can't anything like that. Can't you just like shelve that. all of it? I mean, just dude. put it... You want a write-off? There you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's something it. to write off. <laughs> if something sucks, write it off. I remember off, yes. something about dogs in, uh, in yeah. Exorcist Beginnings, and uh-huh. that's the only thing I remember. That, and it fucking sucked. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, yeah. I mean, I, I Thanks was, for bringing that memory back, sure. Dave. Um, like, when I saw... I, I was excited when... Because I, I had seen Exorcist at the Beginning as well, and I, yeah. I thought it sucked just like you did. But when I found out about Dominion, I was like... <laughs> Oh my God. And then I found out the story behind it. Okay, so they hated it. I bet Paul Schrader made a fucking masterpiece and those idiot suits didn't like it. Well, I'm going to see this now. I'm going to show them. No, it sucks too. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the worst movie Paul Schrader ever made. Ew, yeah. man. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, and the other thing is that like <laughs> about the movie, um, much ink has been spilled about the curse of The Exorcist. Uh, yes, you know, yes. it's uh, a cursed film. Exactly. Yes. And if you believe in curses, here's what happened on the set. Um, Jack McGowan, the guy who plays Burke Demings, he yeah. died right after he wrapped his character, as did uh, Vasiliki Milarios, uh, the lady who played uh, Damien's mother. Yep. And two other crew members also died during filming. Yes. The, the, the actors who died in the movie died in real life. Yes. Yeah. And crew members were injured. Right. Like people like broke their fingers like set designers and other people like we talked about ellen burston's injuries and yeah. then linda blair was like like has tip uh, like uh chronic spinal problems now because of all the the, the yeah. bed shaking stuff nine people related to this production died i mean like uh, max von Sydow had to leave uh to go back to sweden to like you know uh preside over his father's funeral because he died during the filming of the, of yeah. the movie lots of death around it um like and uh, there were fires and electrical problems. The set uh, burned down. The except, set burned down. Except for the bedroom. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's very weird. It's um, a little weird, yeah. The Pazuzu statue originally was shipped to Hong Kong instead of Iraq. Uh, and then in the weirdest thing, we didn't even get into the uh, the angiography uh, scene. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of Me- Regan's first medical procedures. It's, it's yeah. like a Ooh. hyper-realistic depiction of this you know procedure yeah oof. um where you see the the needle go if you in you don't like needles man oh man don't yeah don't sit through this because this will horrify you even more than the possession stuff yeah um and paul bateson was one of the technicians in this scene um he was eventually convicted of murdering a journalist named addison Verrill, um and he was a suspect in several other murders in the gay snm community yeah. which william friedkin was fascinated by and he would eventually make cruising right um which we have an episode on. Yes. Go in our back catalog. It's like and, episode and six or something. something like that. Yes. It's, it's probably rough. I'll uh, tell you yeah. that. <laughs> and it's a different format. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Everybody, please. Like, if you go back to our old episodes, please don't hate us for some of the horrific shit we said. Yeah, If yeah. that happens, please. I, I have a hard time articulating things back then. Like, I <laughs> yes, definitely did. Right. <laughs> but, man, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that's... The curse. I know. The curse of The Exorcist. Obviously, like, Max von Sydow himself, I mean, someone who had a death in the family during the filming, he he essentially said, look, if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in the devil. He doesn't believe in curses. Yeah. Um, so, if if he's... Honestly, I, I, I tend to... That's funny. That's what I told my parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When good. I told them I didn't believe in God. Oh. My stepdad said, well, what, you just worship the devil? And I was like, I don't believe in the devil either. I mean, dude, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. And the look on his face was like, Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) How is that possible? Which is sorry, dude. I mean, dude, it's, it's, it's just logic. I yeah. mean, like, if there's no, if there's no, if I don't think God is real, then yeah. presumably Satan isn't either. You know? Yes. 
Now, yeah, if, if I was, of, if I encountered the shit that Father Kara sees in this movie, <laughs> I might be changing my mind. Yes. But you know, yeah, I've grown more open. Maybe there could be something. Of course, as I've aged. Yes. Um. But yeah, that that was always funny. I thought. I'm yes. Like, telling them that, and I'm like, <laughs> do you really not think logically through anything? Right. Really? Okay. <laughs> right. Funny. Um. I mean, one last thing I want to say is like, this was based on you know William Peter Blatty's book. Yeah. And that was based on. A real case of exorcism, yes. apparently. Some boy from Maryland, I think, was possessed. Right. Allegedly. And they took him to St. Louis for the exorcism. Yep. And we are located in St. Louis right here. We're St. Louis podcast. And I've seen like the place he was apparently at and everything. I've driven by it and everything. Yep. It was so interesting to find out that this is where it apparently happened for real. That we have this connection to yeah, it. Yeah, it's know. pretty interesting. Like, <laughs> right. I always thought it was the coolest thing that, man... Where I grew up is like literally down the road from where this happened. I know it's it's like real civic pride to know that like yeah you know. like <laughs> yeah the devil was right there. That's amazing. Exactly, I know. I grew up down here. <laughs> Satan's boyhood home Satan was in Saint in Louis. Oakville. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, pretty interesting. And you know, I don't know if for sure that was the house or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that's the urban legend. And uh-huh. stuff, but <laughs> so fascinating. I mean, this movie is so complicated and yeah. wonderful, man. Yeah, I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it. We we shoehorned it in, folks. Because right. we were like, you know, Fried. We love Friedkin problems and all and <laughs> we're like, we got we got to represent him again. Right. We haven't talked about him in eight years. Yes, that, God, that's true. Yeah. Um, there's just too many movies. I mean, and there and, is. Yeah, yeah that, that's what happens. We'll we'll never do every movie. Folks. I know it's impossible. Exactly. So, um, yeah. would Dave, would you recommend the movie? Uh, yes, I would. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But this is. I, I would recommend the film, obviously, but I also um, do some more reading on it too. Go go online and just read all the reviews from like the beginning to to now. I mean, go back and like read Pauline Kael and Andrew Saris what they had to say yeah. about it back in 1973, um, and then read some of those uh, some of those academic uh, papers that I read that, that presented all those like you know critiques and yeah. and you know like take with it. What, what you can um, just, you know, understand that maybe it's not going to be uh, in line with what you think, but like, it's still interesting to, to, to sift through. Yes, it definitely is. And I totally recommend the movie too. It's an all time great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to no watch doubt. it. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't like to get involved in this subject matter, so it's okay if you don't want to, but uh, I suggest everybody watch this at least yeah. once. Yes. You got to know it, man. You got to know this. It's a cultural touchstone at this point too. It is. So that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast. Rate it and review it. And most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. And you can go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yes, and we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, at, well, sort of Twitter. But look for Dudes on Movies. <laughs> and uh, our email address is dudesonmovie at gmail.com. That's right. And Dave, we have a question of the week. What is the question of the week? Uh, this is a softball, everybody. What are your favorite movies about the devil? That's right. Or the devil, mm. however you want to say it. Exactly. Uh, call the voicemail, 628-400-DUDE. That's 628-400-3833. And stay tuned next week when we do 1994's Time Cop, directed by Peter Hyams and starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>